This week in South Baltimore. Sobo Hun. Brought to you by SouthBmore.com. Baltimore, it's the city I adore. Be in Baltimore, rich to be in Baltimore poor. It's the city always searching, never finding a cure. But baby, nothing can replace my Baltimore. All right, what's happening, everybody? Nate Carper here with Kevin Lynch of SouthBmore.com. How you doing, Kev? I'm doing great, Nate. Back to school time, which I guess is good. How you doing? Yeah, doing really good, man. And I'm glad kids are back in school. And, you know, it only took us two days into school to uh, kids got to get out. Sorry, Ida's coming through. Hurricane's coming through. So that was uh, just a little reminder that, you know, there's never normal, right? <laughs> there is not. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm really excited about this episode, Kev, because we got uh, Steve Siegel from Weller Development that's going to join us. And, uh, you know, I don't want to waste too much time here beforehand. I'd rather just get right into it because I know he's got some great information for us to talk about Port Covington and uh, all the development going on down there. I know driving by 95, every time I come through, I just love seeing all the cranes that are up and, and all the development that's happened down there. And, and I can't wait for this interview. So, Yeah, it's quite the project. They're calling it the largest urban revitalization project in the country. They have five buildings under construction right now. Those will bring 440,000 square feet of office space, 586,000 square feet of residential from 537 total housing units. There's going to be 116,000 square feet of retail, 1,000 parking spaces, 10 acres of parkland. So this is really, they're really creating a new neighborhood, a new Main Street all in one. And we're excited to bring on Steve Siegel. He's a partner at Weller Development. They're the development arm of the Port Covington project. So it'd be exciting to have him on, get some insight about this project and uh, see how soon you might be able to go down there and enjoy some new amenities. Sounds awesome, Kevin. Can't wait. And thank you all for tuning in. Okay, we have Steve Siegel with us. He's a partner at Weller Development. Steve, how you doing? Doing great. Good morning. Awesome. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, Port Covington's obviously a, a big project going on in South Baltimore, and people are always interested in the progress on that. So we, we're really happy to have you. So uh, how's everything going? How's construction going? Uh, I mean, we couldn't be more excited and, and more proud of the the accomplishment, especially during COVID. You know, we did this whole thing remotely and closed on this massive transaction uh, the end of December and uh, got started on the vertical, you know, in early January. And we're cranking it. It's uh, it's amazing to see after all this work, you know, a decade um, that at least that I've been, you know, around this thing and put into it. And, and um and, uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing. We've got five tower cranes up in the air. We've got 1.1 million square feet under construction. And, uh, you know, we're, we're plugging away. We're um, largely ahead of schedule on budget. So uh, we're really excited. And I know one of the parts of that construction site is Cromwell Street has been closed down. That's getting realigned. So when might we see Cromwell Street open back up and see that new alignment it's going to have? Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's going to push, uh, probably towards the end of next year where you'll, you'll really see the street grid, um, in, you know, in, in sort of its final form, uh, and, and, you know, the streets will open back up, uh, late next year, once we get, you know, all the buildings kind of online and, and, uh, and buttoned up, uh, there'll be a little bit of, of, uh, continued infrastructure work to, to finish up the, you know, the, the rest of it. But, um, but yeah, by the end of next year, people are going to really see what this place looks like. And how, how's leasing going? Has has all the tower cranes and the construction has that helped ramp up leasing? Any any new tenants you can tell us about that are coming to Port Covington? Yeah, no, we're talking to a, a number of tenants. We don't have um, any announcements right now, but we're really we're really comfortable with where we are and and feel like we're exactly where we should be. I mean, we we started this project a few months ago. Like if I was just starting a project, forget about COVID, forget about everything. 
if I was just going to start a project and start the leasing, I'd be doing it, you know, now. I mean, we we started obviously before now um, and started, you know, pre-leasing and, and raising project awareness. But um, but now we're full-fledged. So we've seen an uptick for sure. We've got a lot of activity now. Um, you know, tenants are, I think, finally starting to uh, at least get comfortable with what the new normal is and starting to make decisions again about longer-term commitments and signing leases, that kind of thing. So we're, uh, we're really optimistic. I mean, I feel really good about where we are. And I think, um, you know, we're just going to keep plugging away and we'll get these buildings leased up. At one point, you guys were talking a lot about cybersecurity businesses. And I know there's been talk about kind of meds and eds going in there. Are there any certain sectors that have shown uh, good interest in this project or any sectors you're kind of targeting to to bring to Port Covington? Yeah. And that, that dovetails with the, you know, with the leasing conversation where, where we've really been focused, you know, from the very beginning on the talent that exists in Baltimore and then the access you have from our site. So you can draw talent from further South than downtown, for example. And so we should be able to open up to companies down in, you know, in the DC area uh, that are drawing, you know, drawing their talent from there. But we've, you know, we looked around initially at, at, at Baltimore in general and said, all right, well, let's, because like companies move where the talent that they need exists, right? And so we kind of reverse engineered it and said, all right, so there's, you know, a big life science presence here, there's a big technology presence here. Let's, let's convene them and weave education into all of it, right? Because all these these um, companies, the sophisticated ones, have have you know good relationships with with education institutions. Um, there's a lot of those in Baltimore. So, uh, so so weaving that all together is is kind of the key uh, to our success. We do have you know um, uh, partners um, in the various industries that are at the table with us. Uh, Alexandria Real Estate Equities is one of them. That's they're they're uh, the premier preeminent life science operator. Um, in the country, and uh, and they they um, you know have an interest in in building uh, building life science life science ecosystem as well, or at least at least a um, uh, we've got a building that is uh, designed you know being designed now that will uh, that we're marketing you know on behalf of ARE with JLL, and uh, that'll you know that'll be um, kind of the kickoff of of the life science ecosystem here in in Port Covington. Uh, once we we uh, we get that building going, and with with COVID going on, obviously we've seen a, a huge rise in the virtual workforce, and you know, I'm curious to see how that might affect your project. You would think there's probably a lot of people. Maybe the talent pool in Baltimore has gotten bigger as people have moved to Baltimore that maybe work in cities outside of Baltimore, or maybe there's some companies that think, hey, we don't have to have that headquarters in D.C. or New York anymore. We can go somewhere less expensive and make trips to there. On occasion, have you seen any changes in the outlook of leasing or how things are going with COVID? With maybe more people are looking for affordability. Yeah, that, that's that's um, that's something actually we talk about a lot, and and you know having this remote work dynamic that has you know kind of manifested itself into the into basically most industries at this point. Um, you know, there's, there's people still need an office and people still want to go to the office. And, and I think a lot of companies have realized how difficult it is to maintain culture when you're working remotely. Um, and then you start thinking about complexities of like bringing new people on and like, how do you teach them the culture and train them and all that stuff. And the only way you really have that is, is when you're together. Um, and, and so, you know, I think I, so, so office space, in other words, is not going away. Um, the, the, uh, I think there's a shift, there's been a fundamental shift in dynamics, but yeah, I mean, Baltimore is definitely, 
a, a an affordable city from an office perspective. And like I was saying before, given our access to talent south, um, you look at like the difference between office rents in, in Washington, D.C. and the office rents in Baltimore. And, um, you know, you, you, you have a you know material difference there. So. Um, so, yes, I think that does, that that Baltimore does have a competitive advantage in that respect. Now, building E1, that's that's an apartment building. If people are driving by the site, they'll see that big parking garage going up. And I know one of the ideas you guys have talked about for that large retail space is possibly a grocery store or maybe a, a big box store for that building. Have any leasing conversations gotten serious with that space? You know, a couple of different groups targeted there uh, for that space. That That is, you know, we are still thinking the same way. You know, we're looking at that as a small to medium format, you know, grocer concept um, in that building and something, you know, complementary to what's around as well. So yeah, we are, we are still pursuing, pursuing that concept and, and talking to, a, you know, a couple of different anchor groups. And are you guys confident you will get a, some kind of grocer in there? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I there, there is certainly interest. Um, yeah. And so, so yes, I think, I think we'll be successful there. Cool. I know that will make people very excited. The uh, the thought of uh, more grocery stores always gets a lot of talk going. And of course, obviously, Trader Joe's always comes up. And I've heard from everybody in the real estate industry, that's a very tough get. But I'm sure people will be excited. Uh, whatever gets in there, you know, with all the grocery stores kind of situated in Locust Point right now, I'm sure a lot of people in many parts of the neighborhood will be excited to get something maybe closer to them or maybe just a different option. Sure, sure. Uh, we, 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 we can certainly appreciate that. And as far as tenants, uh, any chance for some pretty unique style tenants that might come to Port Covington? Is there any chance of another large headquarters? Is there a chance of maybe a large healthcare facility or like a Kaiser Permanente facility? Is there any talks of maybe maybe a graduate school for a college or or possibly a high school going on? There's any kind of unique concepts that are being discussed or is there any interest that might be coming to Port Covington? I mean, nothing we can talk about now, but yes, I mean, we, we are, we are pursuing all the above, um, you know, in, in, in each of each of those things you mentioned, uh, yes, is the answer. Um, you know, we don't have anything to announce, like I said now, but, um, but yes, we're, we're being strategic about who we partner with and how we partner with them, uh, to be accretive to the, you know, to the overall mission here. Sure. And I know there's been some rumors of, you know, obviously Baltimore's been pursuing professional soccer for many years. And I don't know that MLS is in the conversation now, but there's certainly been a lot of talk of Baltimore getting a USL team. And some websites have suggested that maybe Port Covington would be a site for a soccer stadium. So is there any chance of a, any pro sports down in Port Covington, maybe a soccer stadium or, or maybe an arena or something coming coming to the project? Look, I, we, we think that would be a great, you know, a great thing. Um, that would be great for the city. It'd be great for the project. It'd be great for everybody, the community. Um, and so, you know, we are, we're certainly open to, um, to those conversations and we've had a number of them in the past. And I, I would put it this way, like soccer has been pursuing Baltimore for, for, for several years now. Um, soccer wants to be in Baltimore. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of potential there. Awesome. I know that would make people very excited wherever wherever a potential team or, or soccer stadium ends up. So I think, like I said, I think it would be great to have in the project, um, but I think it'd be great to have in Baltimore. Awesome. And as far as the, uh, the leasing of restaurants, obviously having good dining options is a big aspect of uh, any, any great community. I know you guys have the, the rye street market, which will give people a lot of kind of smaller stall type options, but are there any type of restaurants or, or retail that your team is really wants to get for the project any any type of concepts that you guys are really targeting in on to to really make 
this project stand out, obviously you already have the, the whiskey distillery and the, you know, Rice Street Tavern, which will reopen, but any, any type of concepts in there that you guys really want to get just, you know, out of its personal opinion or, or taking the project to the next level? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we will have, you know, attraction retail. We're going to have obviously entertainment retail is going to be a big focus. We've we've kind of got a waterfront Main Street opportunity um, in Port Covington, and so we're gonna we're gonna maximize the value of the waterfront, um, and and uh, you know make sure we attract the right mix of uses and have the right uses in the right locations. Um, as far as like one, you know, kind of lead idea or anything like that, I think we have multiple ideas um, and. And it's really how you choreograph them and how you put them together that makes the place special more than it's like one, you know, really cool thing or two really cool things. It's, it's really, it's really, that's the art, um, frankly, the retail, and that's what makes the place great, you know? And so we've got a great team on the retail side. Um, and we're encouraged by the, you know, the conversations we're having already. We just, you know, we're kind of just getting started in that respect. And, and this is the time you get started, you know, in these projects um, with the retail. And so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna have a, you know, an entertainment focus. Um, there'll be, you know, fair, a fair amount of restaurants, um, and, and, you know, live entertainment and lots of programming and events and, um, that sort of thing. Right. And that's, that's a big, you know, a big focus for us, just like, um, you know, jazzy summer nights, you know, down at South at, at, uh, South point, uh, that's an example of just how we're activating the site right now that that will continue and be amplified once we deliver, right? We'll start really programming and having, we have a, a great festival opportunity space out in front of the whiskey distillery and have this, you know, flush street, curbless street that we can close and, you know, have, you know, great live events and that kind of thing there. So there's going to be lots of stuff like that more so than just, you know, like individual tenants or any kind of special, you know, user or that kind of thing. But there'll be, there'll be a mix of those as well. When one walks into that Rye Street market, how's that going to feel? Is that going to feel almost like a, a bigger cross street market or what's the feel going to be when somebody walks in there? What, what's the look going to be? You know, it's, it's going to have a very warm textured upscale kind of architecture and it really has to kind of stand up to the distillery across the street and, and really kind of makes the, the plaza area. So it's a really important property in the project sitting right across from the distillery. So it'll be a really cool place to work. I mean, it's going to be kind of what I'd call the, the jewel box building um, in the project. And it's going to be a very nice place to, to hang out, very warm and textured, you know, feel to it, similar to the distillery complex. Is there going to be a lot of smaller food stalls within the market? We're working, you know, kind of through how the market will function and how the the retail all works together. So it's probably a little early to comment on that. And obviously, as you mentioned, you know, with the five buildings you guys have under construction, you already have the Sagamore Spirit Distillery Campus down there already. You guys are are building essentially a, a new main street down there. And obviously, you talked about the partnership you have with Alexandria for that sciences building. As you guys have kind of established this new neighborhood, this new main street, are you guys going to look to take some of your other property and sell them off as pad sites and bring some more partners into the project? Yeah. And that's that, you know, Alexandria real estate is, is a good example of that. They would be a developer that would come in and, you know, develop a life science building, for example, you know, other groups have approached us unsolicited, you know, we haven't turned around and started selling pads, so to speak. We, we've been approached um, and we've had unsolicited offers sent to us for parcels. And so, 
so yes, there is definitely interest from third parties in being in Port Covington. We're encouraged by the activity that we've had without even really soliciting. One thing of what I would assume be very good news for for your team is Under Armour has announced that they are moving forward with a, a phase one of their campus at Port Covington. They're planning a 284,000 square foot building with plans to move their entire headquarters there from Locust Point. How does having Under Armour confirmed for Port Covington boost your efforts, boost your development, boost your leasing? Oh, I mean, so, so you know, you had asked a question about corporate headquarters and the pursuit of corporate headquarters. So we've we've got several corporate headquarters already, right? We've got the Baltimore Sun. They moved their headquarters over, you know, not too long ago, a couple of years ago. The, the, like you said, Under Armour announced they're moving the, the balance of their headquarters now over to Port Covington. And, you know, it, it just adds critical mass, right? It adds It adds people. It adds activity. And, you know, when you have a daytime population like we have in Port Covington, it helps to drive the retail. And so that that helps tell the retail story and the retailers get excited about it. And and so, you know, we're, we continue to pursue headquarters, different company headquarters all around the country. And, you know, we're, we're heavily coordinated with the state on that as well. And we're really pushing hard now on the corporate front. And yeah, Under Armour is, is helpful in, in being there. But we, we started this project also with Under Armour having, you know, five or six hundred teammates down there. They had bought the, you know, the campus and everything. But and so we were independently on a separate track. And, you know, this project is, has been moving on its own, uh, really. And so Under Armour, though, coming coming now is really helpful, just the same as, as other companies and tenants as well. And I would assume there's got to be an allure that comes with Under Armour. If I tell somebody I live right next to an insurance headquarters or a bank headquarters or like some kind of medical headquarters, people don't get super excited. But when you tell people you live right next to Under Armour, I mean, that's a worldwide company and they might have a logo of Under Armour on them at the time. Is, is that pretty exciting to have a company like Under Armour that's in many ways more exciting than your typical corporate company, a, a company that brings a, a culture, that brings fitness, that might bring in Bryce Harper or Cam Newton or, or Tom Brady, other athletes. Is this Under Armour give you an even bigger boost than maybe some different types of headquarters might give a project like this? You know, people are, are certainly uh, intrigued um, by Under Armour and, and, you know, to the extent that that, that, that draws other tenants, um, or other companies to Port Covington, that's great. You know, obviously, like I said, we welcome them. But yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, sure, it, it's helpful. But like I said, you know, this project has been, you know, has been on a track of its own. And, and I know there's common ownership there. Kevin Plank is a major partner in the Port Covington development team. And then obviously, he's the founder of Under Armour. How much communication is there between Under Armour and Port Covington to make sure that, I guess, the projects kind of align with each other as much as possible? We've coordinated from the beginning and, you know, with respect to infrastructure and, you know, just development coordination in general. You just, everybody needs to know what's going on uh, and everybody needs to know what everybody else is planning and doing. And because you, you're drawing on utilities, right? For example, and the roads have to be, you know, designed the right way and so on and so forth. So that, that sort of coordination has been ongoing for, since we first started master planning the site, that there's, there's been just coordination is really it to, you know, to make sure that building everything out with the future in mind. Sure. And a question I get more than anything when it comes to things related to Port Covington is a lot of people miss going to South Point. That was a, a pop-up waterfront bar for a couple of years, but hasn't hasn't reopened the last couple of years. Is there uh, what's the future for South Point? Will that be coming back as a as a waterfront bar in the future? Uh yeah, it's back. We had a jazzy summer nights out there, kind of a late start in the season and COVID didn't really help right in the beginning. And so we just kind of caught the tail end. And uh, we'll have a few months of programming down there this year. 
And is there a chance that could return as a, a bar that's just open to the general public in the future? Totally. Yeah, we, we, you know, this year, like I said, it's kind of short, right? So we're, we're not going to have a huge opportunity, but next year we'll be able to do more. And, uh, and next year we'll also have chapter one. I'm sure people will be excited that anybody that's got a kids or a dog, it's a great space to stretch out a little bit. Another question I get all the time too, from just my neighbors is the connectivity to Port Covington. Obviously, some things you have planned are the a possible light rail spur to the neighborhood, or there's, I know in the plans, there was that walking bridge from Light Street going over the train tracks and under 95. I know that engineering planning's underway for a walking bridge to Westport. So what can you tell me about any of those projects as far as creating a little bit more connectivity to the project, especially from the neighborhoods that are adjacent to it? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. You know, the the long term plan shows, you know, light rail concept and and highway, you know, digital highway improvements and so on. That's very long term. In the near term, it may suffice in the long term to put a pedestrian bridge, you know, across from Port Covington to Westport would be, and I, I know the city's supportive of it, would be, I think, a, a, a great way to connect the communities, connect Westport. Um, it connects the light rail and Port Covington. So it adds that mode and there's, you know, relatively simple solutions to get people across that bridge. And the bridge cost is substantially less than a light rail spur. So you have, you know, an opportunity to do something that's actually achievable today without years and years of planning and hundreds of millions of dollars, you can do something much less expensive. It would be non-vehicle, right? It's just pedestrian, but it's a meaningful connection. Sure. And is there any timeline yet for when that could be completed? Um, not yet. There's been a, a you know number of groups that have been working on the, the restoration of the entire waterfront over there. This kind of fits into that conversation. And is, is your project going to be growing at all? Are there any other properties you guys are pursuing, possibly the, the lock insulators property or any of the other properties near West Covington Park? Are there any acquisitions you are trying to make or any other properties that might come in the fold? You know, we're always keeping our eye on what's going on. We know lock is available or is, is for sale. Um, we're focused on chapter one and, and really trying to get, you know, get this project on track. You know, a little less concerned about the other properties, but yeah, but I'm sure they'll they'll sell, they'll redevelop. Well, those potential projects would certainly add to what is a very busy area when it comes to development. So just surrounding your project, obviously you have like around Well Street, that's probably the second biggest development site in the in South Baltimore, as you got several apartment buildings and a new storage building and and more projects planned for Well Street. Well Street is literally the first block outside of Port Covington to the north. Uh, you have the Warner Street District. If you go up the middle branch up Risley's Cove, you got Top Golf under construction. You have a Paramount Music Theater plan there, different projects that'll kind of bring to life and has really opened up the waterfront on the middle branch. And then, then there's the Westport project. I know Plank Industries was the owner of the Westport property recently. They've sold that to Stonewall Capital. They're planning a project there that'll you know have townhomes, have different apartment buildings, possibly some office spaces. So that'll certainly activate that waterfront over there. And we already talked about that walking bridge to Westport. So how exciting is it to see that really a lot of areas surrounding your project are seeing investment? And how does that kind of strengthen what you guys are doing at Port Covington? Everything you just said is very encouraging, you know, to see. And the timing of our delivery, you know, doesn't conflict in terms of like lease up competition, all that kind of stuff with with some of the projects you mentioned. There is pipeline, but we're we we welcome it. I mean, I think that's all really, really positive. 
we'll be delivering, like I said, late next year with, with our um, multifamily offering, which includes affordable housing, 30, 50, and uh, 80%. You know, we think we have a good mix of offerings and a good um, set of, of properties to work with relative to these others and, and, you know, feel really good about it. And we've already talked about that walking bridge, but is there any plans? I know Plank Industries is the owner now of the Baltimore Water Taxi. Is there any plans to get more water taxi routes in the area where you can connect that Warner Street district up on Ridgely's Cove? You can connect Westport. You can connect Cherry Hill. You could connect Port Covington. You could connect Port Covington to parts of the Inner Harbor. Is there is there plans to increase the water taxi network to further connect these neighborhoods in kind of a more fun way to get around? Some of those spots are a little difficult to get to by boat. That Ridgely's Cove stuff, you'd have to dredge up there. It's pretty shallow. We were bottoming out on kayaks and we went up there with a while back with our team. And so it's a little shallow there. But but yeah, we've talked certainly about about connecting the waterfront in Port Covington. We have a couple water taxi spots identified in the master plan actually. And, you know, would have that opportunity to connect by water from Port Covington to downtown, for example. And, and tell us a little bit about the work that the Port Covington Development Team is doing with those SB7 neighborhoods. Those are a lot of the neighborhoods that are you know, on the other side of the middle branch from, from the Port Covington Project. So talk about some of the work you guys are doing in those communities. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, we've always had communities always been first, right, in this project. We've always looked and said, all right, how can we really make this project most impactful? How can we really help the neighboring communities, lower income communities, that have you know been disenfranchised for so long and and haven't had a voice and so it's been really exciting to to see the benefit now and you know we've spent over twenty million dollars already in our from our MOU commitment in cash and uh, you know improvements and so forth we've got you know over a hundred million dollars that we've spent with minority and women-owned businesses you know that's a, a huge number the communities to the south and and. Baltimore City as a whole will benefit from this project from a number of different perspectives, everything from workforce development to affordable housing to, you know, just an annual revenue that flows to the South Baltimore six communities and the citywide initiatives and programs. So it's impactful. It's exciting. We've been very intentional about how we most directly benefit the neighborhoods and the and the residents of Baltimore City. And, uh, you know, I think we nailed it. I think we, we, we did pretty well here. Awesome. Well, thanks for giving us so much information on the project. I know uh, everybody that's really moving around South Baltimore now has to notice the the construction site going on there. And hopefully we filled people in with any questions they might have. But it's really, I always find it, there's so many different angles you can see. I always think uh, riding down Johnson Street along Riverside Park, it really hits you there as you kind of get that straight shot to Port Covington. I'm sure people like getting off on the key highway exit from 95. You can really get a good view of the construction. I, I rarely ever take 95 through the tunnel without getting off at South Baltimore. I'm sure that's another great angle, but is there any angle your team likes to look just to get a good perspective of all the construction going on there? Yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're on display right now for 46 million cars a year that pass by the site from the highway you're coming along. And every time I, every time I pull off the highway, you know, onto uh, Hanover street, I just giggle. Yeah. I just laugh. I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm, it's amazing every time. And you can really see the cranes from a long ways, you know, uh, coming from the South on 95. And it's, you know, I, I think it's really, it sends a really positive message to the investment community and to the rest of the world. You know, people that were naysaying Baltimore or saying that you can't do that here. Well, take a look at 95 right out of the tunnel. Tell me what you think. Five tower cranes. Yes, it's certainly a construction site like that certainly gets people asking questions. And uh, we certainly feel like we answered a lot of people's questions today. And uh, hopefully, obviously, next year, there'll be a lot more details and, and things to check out in Port Covington. So everyone's 
looking forward to the changes there. And uh, thanks a lot for joining us, Steve, and certainly keep us posted on everything new happening at Port Covington. Will do. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. This week in South Baltimore. Sobo, hon. Brought to you by SouthBmore.com. Searching, never finding a cure. Baby, nothing can replace my Baltimore.